absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. The game of golf is more than a sport. It's a lifestyle. Blue skies, bright sun, the walk, good friends, and the shots that keep you coming back. That is golf. Iconic, vintage, classic. Eagles and Arrows didn't create the look, they've only perfected it. Eagles and Arrows provides the classic American golf look with a modern spin. Hats, gloves, club head covers, and my favorite, the vintage American carry bag, are some of the amazing items you can find at eaglesandarrows.com. Follow them on Instagram at eaglesandarrows.co. It's Eagles and Arrows Company, CO, on Instagram. Love golf, live life, Eagles and Arrows. Welcome back, podcast patrons. Another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan. And I got a real special guest on today. Continuing on in our interview series, we got DJ Roach. He is co founder of Lakefront Golf, CMO, managing partner of a brand new golf shoe company, sustainable shoe company, Lakefront Golf. DJ, what's the good word? Hey, Dan. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, excited to, to talk with you and, and the Leave the Pin audience and uh, share a little bit about what we're doing with Lakefront and, and how we're trying to make a, make a difference for the golf world. Yeah, so I guess the first question on everyone's mind is, okay, Nike makes shoes, Adidas makes shoes, Puma makes shoes. You know, what separates you guys from kind of those mass-produced companies out there? For sure. So, so sustainability is it's really at the heart of what we're doing. Um, sustainability in product, and then on to the you know the other pillars of the brand, which are our education and cleanup. So, uh, we are using our golf. <laughs> I love it. Hey, that's what happens when you're when you're making uh, you know live podcasts that's, right there. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Uh, Someone yeah. was getting excited about the product. I love it. Yeah, that or that or my my wife coming home. But um, yeah, so you know, getting getting through um, you know the sustainability and education uh, portion of the brand, we're we're using our platform and our brand with the golf shoes to finance uh, you know things that are a little bit more important. Um, educating younger golfers on how to be more environmentally conscious and eco responsible, and then uh, you know the the give back in in terms of cleanup. We want to be able to. Uh, clean up the water areas on golf courses, removing lost golf balls, plastics, uh, micro pollutants, so that way we can, you know, undo some of the damage that's been done. So not only are we producing a product, obviously, but but we're trying to produce results, positive results in the golf community. And you know, quite frankly, I don't know too many companies that are doing that. So many companies are worried about just the bottom line, which is profit, profit, profit. Um, you guys are going above. And beyond that. So correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, but the entire shoe is made from recycled and natural materials. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Uh, you know, production, uh, it needs to be sustainable from the materials. Uh, you know, if we can produce a shoe that has the same quality and functionality as other shoes on the market while being more responsibly produced, you know, why not do it? Yeah, I, I'm not sure there's somebody out there that would be against that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're against that, you must be the biggest moron in the world. 
<laughs> yeah, there's, you know, uh, it's, it's an interesting time. And I think it's, it's a really good opportunity for us to get in here, um, you know, with a lot of things that are, are going on uh, in the world. People are, are seeing the need for a little bit of change. And this is definitely one spot. Uh, I had seen some images uh, in the Venice canals with jellyfish coming back in there with, with the lack of traffic from everybody being locked down during the pandemic. Uh, and, and being able to see the resurgence of a lot of different areas, animal populations, um, you know, and, and pollution rates go down. It's, it's a nice awakening. We can, we can get a pretty clear example of the impact that we have, you know, what we can do to, you know, get back to normalcy while, you know, changing what normal is a little bit. Yeah, I remember seeing something on the news recently that kind of the, the CO2 output of the entire world was down something like six and a half percent. Um, with people not traveling. And I'll give you a real quick example for the, you know, and the people out there listening, um, you know, they know that I'm down in North Carolina a, a lot. We have a place down there and our beach was closed for about two months or so. And the first day that it was allowed back open, you know, it was one of those arbitrary rulings where you weren't allowed to sit. You can only exercise on the beach, quote unquote. So we went for a, a long walk and we go down to the eastern end of the beach right in between the inlet there. And literally, I, I, you know, when, when I tell people thousands of birds, like I might even be understating how many there were. And it's because there were no humans around. Like there was no population to intrude on their natural habitat at all. And it was, you know, quite frankly, just amazing. It really is. Um, you know, I, I think it's, you know, been this way for so long that it's, it's hard for us to realize exactly how our actions impact so many of, you know, the environmental factors, um, you know, emissions, animal populations. And, uh, it's, it's nice to see some of that coming back. Uh, you know, we wish, we wish it was under better circumstances, but, but it's nice nonetheless. So where, where does this idea stem from of, of creating a golf shoe that is literally, you know, completely sustainable, taking used products and giving them a new life along with natural you know, reoccurring products in the shoe. Where does that, you know, it, does that come from a dream? Does it come from years of, of speaking with people or identifying a need? Sure. Um, no, it's, it's uh, even a little bit more organic than that. Uh, my partner, Alex, uh, is, is what most people would consider relatively late to golf. Uh, he had started playing a couple of years ago. And uh, as new golfers are all too familiar with, uh, there's a lot of golf balls that get lost in, in the water. Uh, you know, in the water, in the woods, and, and really all over the place. We, we go through balls pretty fast when we're early on in our, you know, golfing journey. So um, he, you know, he's in Europe, he's in France. So they tend to be a little bit more aware um, than the majority of the U.S. population in terms of their impact. So he was looking for a way to recover those balls, to, you know, repurpose them, especially the ones that, you know, are no longer usable as golf balls. Uh, so his initial idea was to turn, you know, lost golf balls into golf shoes. Um, and unfortunately, uh, the type of rubber and, and the production of the original golf ball uh, makes it virtually impossible to recycle. But, uh, you know, the, the idea kind of snowballed from there and said, well, I mean, there's got to be a better way to making footwear than than has been done in the past. Uh, you know, in, in talking with, um, you know, a designer and, and, and a couple of our contacts, uh, we've, you know, been educated on a different materials that, that can be repurposed, uh, where in a smaller scale, um, you know, it's a lot more efficient to produce that way. 
Um, and it's, it's something that, um, you know, some of the bigger companies might struggle with just because of their already established production uh, methods and, and sales channels. Yeah, I'm sure retrofitting some of those companies into sustainable, you know, sustainable um, commodities is probably way too difficult. And you guys are starting kind of right in on the ground floor. Um, so I, first off, what materials are the shoes made of? So we can't get a too deep into that just yet. Um, you know, we do have uh, some exciting launch stuff coming over the next couple of weeks that'll that'll um, you know really engage with the materials uh, and and do a little bit of an education on on how we use what we use. Um, so we're excited to share all that. Um, but there's a there's a lot of great materials that can um, you know be harvested organically. So I mean, rubber and cork, uh, pineapple and apple can be turned into leather. Um, you know, a lot of those guilt-free options, um, stuff that's a lot more sustainable than, uh, you know, than what's typically out there. So you're telling me that, that my golf shoe can be made like out of two of my favorite fruits, pineapples and apples. It's very possible. Yep. Absolutely. That's like, you know, for people listening out there, that's, that's mind blowing stuff because we're used to, um, you know, for golf shoes specifically leather. Right. Um, you know, animal leather. We're, we're, we're used to, um, you know, rubber, plastic, metal on the eyelets. I mean, that I'm not gonna, like that blows my mind. For sure. For sure. And, and uh, you know, there's there's a lot of consumer stuff out there that's that's just deserving of a second life. I mean, uh, using single use water bottles, uh, getting rid of them and, you know, having that stuff wind up in a landfill is, is really a waste for everybody. Uh, being able to, you know, reuse plastics, um, you know, melt them down and, and repurpose them and combine those with some natural materials really is a lot more efficient and, and a lot more eco-friendly. And, and that's that's what we're shooting to do. Now, I remember, I think it was last year, Adidas came out with the Parlay line, which is made from recyclable materials, golf shoes, running shoes, et cetera, et cetera. I got real excited about that. Once I went in depth and started to read about it, realize that it's only about two to three percent of the shoe that's made up of these recyclable materials. Now, when you have a company that's producing so many, maybe that you know is is more than a drop in the bucket, but it seems like kind of nothingness to me. Um, you guys, i'm I'm assuming are dedicated all the way through to go one hundred percent recyclable, recyclable and natural materials, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, you know, as far as the shoe Adidas came out with, my hat's off to them. It's, it's a step in the right direction. Um, we definitely want to see that, you know, uh, be taken from a step kind of through completion and, and really commit to doing that. But, I, you know, I definitely understand the challenges that a company as big as Adidas would face, um, you know, being able to repurpose and, and natural materials. Sometimes, you know, the, the construction process is, is a little bit more expensive. Uh, you know, and they have to constrain to certain markets and, and uh, distribution, wholesaling, um, and then leaving margin in there for retailers. So, you know, it's, it's a lot more difficult, uh, whereas with us being able to operate direct to consumer, um, you know, we can still uh, spend a little bit more in the production, but still maintain, uh, you know, the similar price range for the consumer. For sure. And I mean, that's and that's super important, too, because. You know, people don't like doing things that are different. So if someone's always spent 150 bucks on golf shoes or $40 on golf balls and you come up with something that's better for the environment, it might be a dollar or two more, 
like people scoff at that stuff. You know, they'll say, well, I, you know, why would I pay an extra $5? Not realizing how much of an actual help this has on the environment and really how much of an investment this is into the environment. Sure. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's one of the things that uh, I'm excited to deliver is a lot of transparency. Uh, you know, when you go to uh, a pop-up vendor and there's a better cash price than a, than a credit card price, you know, it's something that we can tend to get a little annoyed at, but as soon as they explain we're getting killed on our transaction fees and that's why we need to charge a couple of cents more for the credit card, we're okay with that. You know, it's something that, that we understand and can get behind. So, um, you know, that kind of transparency, you know, we need to have as well. I mean, people um, are, are a lot more apt to engage with a product if they know why the costs are what they are and what the benefit is to doing that. Um, you know, it might cost us 5% more to produce a shoe, but we're doing this by recycling, you know, maybe eight plastic water bottles uh, and, and um, you know, instead of using cow leather and, and being harmful to them, you know, we're able to do it more sustainably in, in a guilt-free way. And I think people uh, really appreciate that and it resonates and, and um, you know, but still being able to be in the same price point is, is just an automatic advantage. Yeah, I think, you know, you made a great point. You know, people love to get on board with companies that that tell a story, that have a background. And it's hard nowadays to have a connection with a Nike or an Adidas or a Puma, like I mentioned before. And we we really have seen this trend in golf to kind of veer towards the cottage industries, those the small guys that are starting out. I've got a lot of friends that have started businesses in golf and you know this this podcast is is a little bit over a year old and it's super difficult to get off the ground when you have kind of no big time uh backing or big time name in the game that's going to be even harder now with this worldwide pandemic going on you mentioned Alex lives in France um how difficult was this for you guys given the timing of everything you know, it, it's um, I, I do feel a little bit lucky because it's it's a little bit better for us than it is for a lot of other people who are, are struggling a bit more. Um, you know, for us, it, it was nice um, really to know what kind of you know world climate we were getting into before we really put a lot of processes in place. So we had a, we had a pretty good idea of how um, you know everything with COVID lockdowns. Um, production or transport constraints, all these different factors that, that go into, um, you know, launching and, and ultimately delivering a finished product were, were fairly clear to us uh, beforehand, whereas if we had, had really gotten started maybe six months or so before that, uh, it would have been a lot more of a, a reactionary process as opposed to, you know, just some straightforward planning. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, with everybody kind of relearning how to work at home through Zoom and through Skype and whatever else. Um, you know, we've, we've kind of seen that the world has become an extremely smaller place. And I think that's evident, too, with the spread of COVID. We see that, you know, we're really all kind of interconnected. Um, working with Alex over in France, is the launch geared more towards the U.S. population or is it more a worldwide launch once we get lakefront you know up and running and, and selling absolutely um it'll definitely be a worldwide launch um you know the majority of the golf population is in the u.s but there's also 
um, you know, about 40%. That's, that's outside the U.S. And uh, particularly with, with that demographic, uh, there's, there tends to be more environmental awareness and, uh, and appreciation instantly for products that are, are produced more responsibly. So we want to be able to produce something that, um, you know, will be used by, by everybody. Uh, the way we're looking at it is uh, every pair of our shoes that's bought and used is one less, um, you know, I don't want to say irresponsibly, but, you know, traditionally produced pair uh, that's not being bought and worn. Yeah, I mean, that makes perfect sense, you know, and I, the ideal is to transition everyone over to that, right? Absolutely, uh, for sure. So now you mentioned before the the whole golf ball thing, super interesting to me. You know, I, I consider myself a, I don't know, a, a semi-decent player, and I still lose a ton of golf balls, you know, um, and it's so interesting to me that that's kind of the way that the idea sparked. Um, you mentioned education, you mentioned sustainability and kind of getting on board with local courses to, to kind of clean up waterways and stuff like that. What, what does that look like to you in let's say a year or so after the, you know, kind of true launch of the company begins? Well, you know, that's, um, that's something that, that, we're pretty passionate about, I, you know, even, even as a golfer at, at face value, um, you know, of course with a, a nicely taken care of water area is, is prettier. It's more enjoyable. Um, you know, and then obviously there's the, the environmental effects that we're concerned with. So we, uh, will be announcing a lot of, uh, you know, the details of our launch, but, uh, you know, as, as part of, uh, each pair purchased, you know, we'll be doing, uh, you know, a volume of, of cleanup of water areas by removing golf balls, plastics, uh, micro pollutants, and just really being able to to clean up those those areas. Um, it makes golf more enjoyable, and and obviously it's it's the right thing to do for the environment since we are the cause of it. So the the biggest question that I'm going to get asked on Instagram because after all the podcasts drop with you know people that are in the clothing industry or fashion industry or anything related to golf is you know is it worth it is it comfortable you know is it like owner x described um and for me see one of my biggest problems with with golf shoes is is twofold so i have a real kind of quirky horizontal swing you know it's so flat i could swing underneath a table um and so i need something that really keeps my feet stable i've actually transitioned almost completely away from a spike shoe and the problem is some of the spikeless shoes for me don't give me the traction um what's the what's the bottom you know what's what's the connection with the earth feel like in a pair of lakefront shoes well it's uh you know what we're, we're saying is the lightest lightest footprint uh, you can have um but we're we're a spikeless golf shoe um, you know, in the sole pattern of our shoe um, should give you plenty of traction. Uh, they're, they're comfortable enough to walk 36 in um, with the design that we've, we've incorporated. There's, there's the breathability, um, you know, the waterproof, uh, you know, features of it. So um, we wanted to, we wanted to make sure we produced uh, a, a shoe that's not only good looking and responsible, but also, um, you know, is, is going to comply to the performance that you're looking for. So, uh, I'm excited, Dan, for you to 
get the pair and, and uh, you know, go play some rounds. Uh, I know uh, your, your following and, and leave the pin audience will definitely trust, uh, trust your review, um, you know, as, as familiar as they are with you. But, um, you know, you can definitely expect, uh, you know, comfort, durability, traction, and, and all the things that you're looking for when you go out and, and want to play a good round. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's awesome. Um, now, what about waterproofness? Because when you say to me, like, recyclable materials, I don't, I don't know why I always think of a mesh type shoe, you know, which is not waterproof, but, but these are 100% waterproof. Like, how, how, is that, how is that done? Right, right. So I, I, you know, definitely want to to clarify. We're not we're not claiming a hundred percent waterproof. Well, yeah, um, nothing, nothing's a hundred percent. Water gets through the eyelets and the and the laces and stuff like that. I get that, but a waterproof shoe, nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, it's it's just a matter of of how high we can bring the waterproof, uh, you know, features up on the shoe. So you know, obviously, if you're going to go into uh, ankle deep water in any shoe, it's it's not. Waterproof. <laughs> But, you know, that that has to do with the materials and the stitching, uh, you know, where there's um, perforations or breathability features. So, um, you know, for sure, uh, the shoes will absolutely be, absolutely be uh, waterproof unless you're, you know, standing in deep water uh, or, you know, you're out playing in the rain. And, and those are just, you know, obviously factors that are uncontrollable. But, uh, you know, it's it's um, it's definitely important to to mix the waterproof with the breathability. Uh, you know, on uh, our, our feet naturally sweat, especially when we're out. A lot of golfers uh, really enjoy walking. So uh, it's, it's really a good blend of, of having that waterproof base, waterproof, you know, on the sides of the shoes and being able to, to protect you from that while still uh, breathing and, and letting your feet air out and, and obviously uh, de-smelling after, after the round. So all, the, all those things contribute to, uh, to the design and, and what we're delivering to you. So for all of our dew sweepers out there, they've got nothing to worry about when they tee off at 6.30 in the morning. Absolutely. Uh, I'm one of them. Uh, I, I love those rounds. Um, so, and, and everyone likes to go uh, you know, after a rainstorm as well when the course softens up a little bit and, and we can get a little bit more aggressive uh, approaching flag sticks. So we want to make sure that, that everybody's comfortable and, and, uh, and happy and, and goes out and can play their best. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Um, so I'm looking on the website, right, uh, you know, a day or two ago, and one of the things that popped up to me is talking about the team developing a robot capable of cleaning up water areas on the golf course. Can, can you get into that a little bit? Sure, yeah, I can, I can go into that a little bit. Um, you know, we, we, my partner Alex, um, you know, and, and another friend of his have, have developed a, a robot that's uh, capable of going in. Um, you know, and it's proven on, on small scale. So as we continue to use our brand of, of Lakefront and our golf shoes to enhance the capabilities of that, you know, our ultimate goal is, is to really be able to go into water bodies all over and, and just pull out all the golf balls. Um, and I think that there's a lot that we can do with that. Uh, you know, there are definitely companies out there who resell, uh, you know, the, the quality lost golf balls. Um, Lostgolfballs.com is one of them. Uh, that that can repurpose them, and, and that's that's less that we have to produce. Uh, and then there's obviously going to be the balls that are just not salvageable for for golf purposes. And while we can't really turn those into shoes, there's a lot that we can do with them. Um, you know, and, and that's something that we're we're looking to you know put them back into purpose rather than having them sit in the bottom of a lake. Yeah, I mean it makes it makes perfect sense. And and not only is it helping the consumers and the golfers out there, it's helping the courses. It's helping the environment. I mean, so literally you've got this 360 degree complete circle where 
everybody is kind of impacted and everyone is is helped along the way. It's a fantastic idea. Um, I, I want to get a little bit into into your background. You know, the listeners love hearing about not only how the company started and stuff like that, but you know how you're impacted by golf, how how you got into the golf industry per se. So when when did you start playing? What was like that catalyst that got you involved in the sport? You know, I've I grew up playing uh, in the summers. Uh, you know, a couple of times a year, all all through uh, growing up when I was when I was younger. Um, after college uh, is when I really got serious about golf, and when I got into the industry. And for that, I have to give a shout out to one of your former podcast guests, uh, Christina Shalhoub, who's my wife. Um, she she and I played on on one of our first dates, and I probably shot about fifty. Uh, or 55 through nine holes. And she quickly told me, you need to get better. Uh, <laughs> so now, now, now for people listening that maybe have not heard that episode, I know a lot of them have like Christina is an absolute stick. All right. She played for NYU. It's not like your typical person that, that doesn't play golf and is like, Oh honey, I need you to get a little bit better. Like she is an absolute stick out there. Yeah, I, I mean, as, as unsolicited advice for any, any of the listeners, um, you know, you, you need to be really confident in yourself if you're going to take a girl out for a nine-hole date and you're going to go shoot 55 while she shoots one under par. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's definitely, a, you know, a comfort level you need to have uh, with, with yourself. So, uh, but, you know, she, she's been great. Uh, she helped me a lot with my swing and my game and, uh, you know, really just getting me fully immersed into the, into the industry. And, you know, I've, I've, the, the addiction's just grown. Uh, you know, everyone's got that one shot that keeps them coming back. And, and uh, you know, I've, I've had those on the course, but, you know, then there's her as well that keeps uh, keeps me readily involved. Yeah, and I'm sure it keeps you grounded as well. You know, when you start getting a little bit good in your game, you realize, like, oh, she's out there just killing it day in and day out. It does. It does. It, and, you know, there, there are those days now where, where I go out there and beat her, so that, that makes it uh, worth all the while. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Um, now, now I, you know, you guys are in, um, Tennessee now, how often do you get to, to play? Well, we were pretty lucky during lockdown, uh, the municipal courses stayed open and free. So we, we've played probably three times a week for the last three months before having to, you know, kind of get back to reality a little bit with, with things starting to open slowly. So, uh, we, we play as much as we can. We'll play at least once a week. Um, you know, if not more, we just, uh, went down to Hilton Head, South Carolina last week and, and played three rounds. So, um, you know, it's, it's any chance we get, it's, it's a great thing that we can do together and, and, uh, you know, just be outside. Now you, we were talking before we started recording, just talking about how you've kind of bounced around the, the entire country as far as, you know, areas to live in. Um, what are your, I don't want to say top three courses. I hate putting a, a number on things, yeah. but what are your favorite courses that you've played over the last five years or so? Oh boy. Um, you know, I, I've loved stream song in, um, in the Orlando area in Florida. Uh, they've got, they had two. now they've got three courses down there, which are just, you know, immaculately maintained, uh, really landscapes, not like too much else. Um, and, and just great, great tracks. Uh, out in Washington, uh, we got out to Chambers Bay, which is is a must for for anybody who's out that way. Um, Coeur d'Alene in Idaho, northern Idaho, is is really great. Um, they're known for that floating 14th green where you take a, a little boat. <laughs> out. 
Someone approves of that. I got to ask you, what yeah. uh, what yardage was it plain the day that you were there? Excuse me? What yardage was that green plane, that whole plane when you were there? Uh, it was on the cart. It was about 155 yards. And then when you get up on the tee, it's about 250 yards. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. what's, you know, I don't know if people know, but it's on a track system, like in the middle of, of yeah. Lake Coeur And they can make it like 98 yards to, I think, like 270 or something for the par three. It's insane. Yeah, it, you know, it, it was about 155 yards and uh, the wind tends to blow directly in at you. Um, and and really, you know, similar to, to 17 at Sawgrass, it's a massive, massive green complex. You know, if, if it wasn't a giant lake around it, it'd be extremely easy to hit. But as soon as you get there on the tee box and, you know, the, the kind of adrenaline and the nerves start flaring up, uh, you know, a lot of us aren't aren't uh, really ready so I, I think i washed uh, two balls on that hole and uh you know took took a long long slow ride out in the boat to the green to uh to take a drop well you you look at it this way all that was doing was setting you up for the future to go back out to you know to cordeline and clean up the course there that's for sure that's for sure um but uh that was that was definitely one of one of my favorites um i had the expectation of you know, it, it was, it's a resort course. I figured it would be a little bit gimmicky. And that was, you know, that hole was really the reason you go out there. And I was just so shocked that, that, you know, uh, top to bottom, front to back, it was just a gorgeous course, probably the nicest collection of par threes anywhere I've played. Um, and it's, it's a must play for anybody who's out in that direction. Yeah. It, it uh, you know, the, the, I don't I don't really consider that the Pacific Northwest, but the Pacific Northwest and its surrounding areas, if you will, um, there's some amazing golf up there. The only problem is it's such a short season. It is. Yeah. Um, you know, fortunately, in Washington, we were a little bit further on the east side of the state where it's it's high desert. And you, you really can get about 10 months. But as soon as you get you know to the to the postcard areas where it gets real pretty, um, you know, it is it is a real short season. Um, and I think. I think it was maybe the day or two before Thanksgiving that we played out at, at Chambers Bay. And, um, you know, it's exactly what you would have expected at that time of year. It was, it was tough sledding, uh, you know, pockets of rain, uh, a lot of wind. And, and uh, I think we played in winter hats that day. Yeah, <laughs> I am. Uh, unfortunately, I hate to admit it, but I am more used to that than than most people. <laughs> Yeah, well, I know the last couple of years uh, in NEPA have been particularly tough with the weather. Um, you know, a lot of rain and uh, kind of the, the season just seems to keep getting shorter. Yeah, it, I mean, you can call it what it is. It just flat out sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The summer's good, though. I got to tell you, this time has been uh, has been pretty good to me as of late. So I'm kind of uh, kind of happy with that. Um, what gear are you playing? What gear am I playing? Uh, top to bottom in my bag right now is uh, is Strix, uh, Cleveland Strixon uh, clubs. So I've got the Cleveland wedges with uh, Strixon everything else, and uh, and a custom scratch putter from uh, from my time with them. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, do you ever get a chance to play out in Washington with Ryan Moore at all? No, no. That was uh, a little bit after uh, you know Scratch had uh, gone out, but. Um, you know, definitely, definitely would love to to play with somebody of, of that caliber if, uh, if I get the opportunity. I want to talk a little bit because, you know, obviously Lakefront is, is not just looking towards the amateur golfer. They're looking towards the pro game as well. And, and you know, I mean, why not take over the entire world while you're at it? Um, if you had to kind of think of 
um, a pro, and I don't need a name, you know, but if you had to kind of create a model pro that that would be a sponsor that you would sponsor out on tour, what's that kind of look like? Oof, that's that's a tough one. Uh, I know those pros can can get a little bit expensive uh, to bring on, but um, you know, I, I like somebody like like a Justin Thomas. Um, yeah, I think he's got a, a, a great style. I think he's he's young, he's energetic, he's fun. Um, you know, and uh, you know, through a lot of the things you see with him doing commentary for uh, you know, the the Tiger and, and Phil match recently. He's he's just he's a fun guy, doesn't take himself too seriously and, and um, you know, with uh with a brand where we're trying to do things that are much bigger than ourselves, uh, you know, that's a that's a great attitude to have. For sure. Now, moving over to the amateur side, one of the big things that's going on right now, which, you know, this podcast will drop later today and and people can go right to your Instagram account and check it out, is your one-year sponsorship program for amateur golfers. Um, You know, I've seen you post about it, a ton of Instagram stories, and you've gotten a lot of feedback on that. Can you kind of explain that to the listeners that maybe haven't seen Lakefront Golf on Instagram yet? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're we're really excited about this opportunity that we've we've given. Um, you know, we think that you know the amateur golfers are, are real golfers. Um, you know, it, we make up ninety nine percent. You know, ninety nine plus percent of the golfing population, and um, you know, a lot of the opportunities for free stuff and sponsorships. Uh, you know, go go to that one percent and don't really reward uh, you know the people who who really support golf. So. Uh, what we wanted to do is is give back and, and be able to reward uh, amateur golfers for being exactly who they are. So we've launched a contest where um, you know we'll have you apply, and uh, we're going to go in and pick uh, you know some deserving people that'll get uh, a year's shoe sponsorship, and we'll give you free shoes and you know some of the other uh, lakefront branded stuff that uh, you know that we've got. And, um, you know, really just, just bring it into the family. So, uh, we're excited to share that. Um, it's really easy to apply. You can do, do so through Facebook or Instagram, uh, with, uh, either a link in the Facebook post or the link in bio for Instagram. Um, you know, we, it'll take you to, uh, to a portion of our site where you can, you know, put in your name and, and, you know, some contacts, there's a couple little questions and, and, uh, you know, get entered in. So we're going to be picking, uh, our first winner shortly, but we're going to be picking multiple. So, you know, definitely get the, get the application in there and uh, you never know, you might, might wind up with uh, a year free golf shoes and feel good about it. And just for people listening, that's lakefront.golf on Instagram. Um, I Look, like as an amateur golfer, who doesn't want to be sponsored by a company? See, let me, let me, annoy some people right now but here's one of my biggest pet peeves and there's people out now right now listening to this and they're like hey wait he's he's talking about me yeah i probably am the people that wear like a titleist hat a titleist glove they've got the titleist sneakers right the titleist polo on to me i look at someone like that and i'm like you just dropped four or five hundred bucks on that outfit and what has titleist ever done for you you know, that's the way I look at that. Like, I'm just a, a, a habitual uh, perpetrator of good, small golf companies that are doing things that are out there. And it's honestly one of the reasons, I'll be completely transparent, one of the reasons that I have so many on the podcast is because, you know, I believe in what they're doing. 
Now, don't get me wrong. If Titleist said, hey, man, we'd like to come on your podcast, talk about shoes. I'd be like, all right, cool. Come on. But <laughs> the bottom line is, like, you're you're out there as an amateur golfer, and you're literally nothing more than a corporate shill for these multi-million dollar companies, billion dollar companies in, in you know, terms of a Kushnet uh, and their ownership company. But, like, who wouldn't want to roll up to a course and people are like, yo, where'd you get that hat? Where'd you get those dope shoes and like oh, i'm sponsored by lakefront golf like that's that's the ultimate for an amateur golfer you know it is it is being able to say that i think adds 10 yards off the tee as well so um you know it's it's a huge huge confidence boost but you know we we think you know a lot of amateur golfers are are deserving of that um you know and we love having just the the organic ambassadorship to the brand um you know when you play with your friends like people you know they go they post swing videos they take pictures um, you know, they really engage and, and it's such a it's such a viral community uh, of golfers that um, we, we really want to reward people for just doing what they do. Uh, you know, we, we think it's incredibly valuable, uh, not only to a brand, but, you know, to the greater mission that, that we're striving towards. Now, in terms of release dates and, and kind of uh, time frame for release of the golf shoes, what are we looking at over the course of the next year? Are we doing, you know, a single pair? And again, this is however much information of this you can give me. You know, I, I understand. Um, but are we looking at like two or three different styles with multiple colorways? How, how does that all work out? What's, what's the kind of unveiling and the rollout of Lakefront Golf look like? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we'll, we'll have the pre-order open uh, near the beginning of September um, so everyone can go and, and get, uh, you know, their shoes uh, ordered at that point. Um, so we're, we're releasing a couple of different models um, coming out. So they're just a little bit of a, of a different style, um, you know, some variation in uh, some of the materials uh, that have, you know, kind of a different look to them or, you know, just a different uh, aesthetic that can match, you know, players with, with different styles, uh, you know, and each of them will have a, a couple of color variations and, uh, you never know. We've, we've got some exciting stuff in the holster as well. So, um, you know, depending on how that pre-order goes, we might, uh, we might see a couple, a uh, couple more variations roll out. You never know. Yeah. Very cool. Um, is there any, you know, want or desire to do a shoe with a built-in spike in the future if that is something that could also be made from recyclable or natural materials? You know, it's always a consideration. Um, there's definitely a lot of golfers that prefer the spiked shoe, uh, so we're definitely open to that. It is it is something that would have to be done uh, along the sustainable brand mission. So if, if we can do that, it's, it's definitely something we'll consider. But uh, with the design that we've put into the shoe, it's, it's something that'll transition seamlessly from course to clubhouse or even, you know, going out. So um, you know, it's definitely a, a nice style influence. Uh, we think that uh, it'll it'll work well and match with a lot of the apparel companies out there. Uh, you know, so golfers aren't looking to buy uh, a new outfit just because they got a pair of shoes that doesn't match. Uh, but we want to make sure that, uh, you know, we, we can provide as multi-purpose a shoe as we can. And, and, you know, it's a little bit tougher with something with a traditional spike, um, but it's something that, that we would definitely consider uh, if we can do it in, in a responsible way. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I know I can speak for myself, you know, and, and my golfing buddies, but a lot of people out there as well, to have that shoe that has the ability to look like something normal so you don't have to change. You know, like one of my biggest 
problems is you know you go to a new course and you're like should i change my shoes in the lot do i go into the locker room and then leave my other shoes there but i don't have a lock and it's like you don't think of that as a problem but like that's that's a pain in the butt at the beginning and i i love putting my shoes on they feel like a pair of my running shoes or my lifting shoes or something get in the car get to the course pop out you know and i'm i'm one of those trunk slammers you know uh i get out of the car the clubs are either loaded on the push cart, my shoulders or the cart and like, and I'm off, you know, um, and I'm ready to go. And, and I don't want to have to change my shoes. So for me, and again, a lot of people out there, I mean, that is such a benefit to have something that looks like a normal shoe that you can wear out in public. Yeah, yeah, we definitely think so. Um, you know, and from a practical golf standpoint, the, the vast majority don't belong to a private club with a locker. Um, you know, the vast majority are, are really uh, what we used to, to say in baseball was show and go, you know, not not go take, uh, you know, batting practice and, and go, you know, hit balls on the range for 45 minutes uh, before they head to the first tee. So a lot of it's just, you know, rolling up and, um, you know, basically putting the shoes on in the parking lot and going. But, uh, you know, we want to make something that's that's functional, that's efficient uh, and can can eliminate the need for a lot of the extras. Yeah, and there's nothing worse than having like a pair of spiked golf shoes, maybe even a pair of, you know, wingtips, something that looks out of place everywhere else but the course. And then somebody being like, hey, man, let's go into the grill room or, you know, let's go get something to eat in there. And you're like, uh, yeah, okay, my other shoes are kind of in the car. Like, nah, come on, you, you know, and then you walk in and everyone looks and like, oh, that dude's a golfer right there, you know, which isn't a bad thing, but some of the kind of the old ways of dressing are kind of making their way out in the golfing world, which I am, you know, all for. Like, there is nothing better for me than to put a pair of, you know, non-spike shoes, spikeless shoes that kind of look like a pair of runners, T-shirt shorts, and go to my local muni and play nine holes carrying my bag. You know, that's the ultimate for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, golf, golf in itself is not a cheap hobby. Uh, you know, clubs, balls, tee times, it, it adds up. So, uh, you know, when we're talking about buying another pair of shoes for some people that, you know, you might not wear other than on the course, it's, it's you know, it's an additional expense. Uh, you know, I know for a long time uh, before I started really taking the game seriously growing up, I, I'd play in sneakers. Um, it's not as good of an experience, but I wasn't, you know, necessarily going to drop 100 and, you know, 120 bucks on shoes that I wasn't going to wear other than a couple of times a year. But, you know, we're, we're definitely in that in that crossover so something with uh, you know a molded spike as opposed to you know a traditional spike is, is definitely a lot more versatile for for everybody yeah no that's the truth i'm all for it i've got a good buddy that helps out in the pod tyler the creator everyone knows him out there and he actually wears a pair of nike rochets that were golf shoes just as normal now you know the nubs have kind of worn down a bit and he's transitioned them to normal shoes and you would never know you know, so that's like that's the perfect example of a good golf shoe that can make the transition, you know, just like yours. And you're going to be able to wear it out in public and people aren't going to give it a second glance. You're not going to make click clack noises as you're walking through the <laughs> store, you know, or whatnot. You're not going to attract attention. It's just going to look good on you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, DJ, give us give us all the information where people can find you when the unveiling is going to happen. You know, promote, promote, promote right now. Let them know where we're going to be able to get Lakefront Golf. Absolutely. So, so our direct website is is lakefront.golf. Uh, you can go on there, and and everything and anything will be be on there. 
If you check us out on Instagram, it's the same lakefront.golf. Um, and then Facebook name is, is lakefront golf as well. So we're, we're trying to make it nice and easy. Um, we'll be able to order in September and we're excited for, for everybody to get a look. Um, you know, over the next couple of weeks, we'll be dropping uh, a lot of the design details and, uh, you know, some of the, the other exciting things that we're doing, um, you know, to help promote our launch. The amateur sponsorship contest is going on right now. Uh, we will be picking multiple winners with the first one coming up uh, fairly soon uh, within the next week. And uh, we're, we're really excited to do that. So, um, you know, we definitely want to make a community of golfers around the mission as well. So, you know, if there's anybody who, who wants to get involved uh, in, in the mission, who wants to get involved with uh, spreading the word, uh, other, you know, companies or, or partners that, that want to really be part of the mission to make a difference, uh, you know, please feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to chat with you. And, uh, you know, let's let's really make a difference. Yeah, people. And honestly, like, no joke, if you're an amateur golfer, why wouldn't you enter this contest? It's it's a year of free shoes and and just swag from Lakefront Golf. And, and you're literally going to turn into a sponsor golfer it doesn't matter if you're good or not you know it's just about like dj said spreading the word and and putting it out there so if you haven't applied for this yet go to their instagram page i'll put a link in our bio i'll put a, a picture up on the instagram story and then we'll also link it in the liner notes to this episode when it drops dj i can't thank you enough dude i mean honestly i'm super excited to see the the finished product well, we're excited. We're excited to show it to you. I really appreciate uh, you having me on. And uh, as soon as I get up through uh, through the PA area, we'll definitely get out and we'll play. For sure. That sounds great. All right, people, as always, either get busy golfing or get busy dying.